0: Hello Bulls fans and welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast presented to you by DraftKey Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you are signing up. I am RK from Australia. Joining me as always is the GOAT, William Gottlieb. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well. I am very excited about our conversation that we're about to have today.
0: Oh, I, I absolutely can't wait to be honest with you. I was a very excited, sad that right? I couldn't be part of the IO conversation. And it's always yeah, hard to follow you. up, you know, well, look, yeah, I appreciate that. Well, it, it's, it always is hard though, to follow up such a, you know, riveting conversation with an actual balls player. Like how amazing is that that we've actually got IO on board in that sense, just to take a step back and think about that for a sec. It's, it's amazing. But I don't know, look, we, we had to come up big with this show Will, because world because there, there's no way really to segue from IO into just a normal traditional show. We had to get in, get in, get in place, a massive guest of our own. And, um, I'm extremely... I, guess, I guess
1: that I would I would add that that needs his shine that it's time for him to step into the spotlight and the people want it you got to give the people what they want they've been asking for it so introduce definitely, him
0: Mark. definitely I mean this man just has a natural radiance and glow to him so I think it's only fair we allow him to shine on this podcast So welcome in the one the only Joey Spathis Joey how are you sir
2: wow uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm great. That was that was about the nicest introduction I've ever heard.
0: Um, how much of it do you think we were actually genuine on, and how much do you think is like us just talking absolute nonsense? What are you talking what, what about? You I was think...
1: totally, I was totally genuine. That was 100 genuine.
0: Well, that's well, that's you... fine. That's happy to be answered. He answers 100. That's all good. I'm just asking. I'm just wondering what Joey thinks. Well,
2: Mark, I know that you're, you know, snarky, but I, you know,
0: <laughs> snarky. I'm, I'm
2: gonna, I'm gonna take it as 100 percent genuine from both of you.
0: Definitely, that's that's all I was inferring. Perfectly, that's exactly what I was inferring. 100 percent from both of us. But Why now, wouldn't the we people are...
2: be excited? Why wouldn't the people <laughs> be excited?
0: Well, hopefully, hopefully that we've definitely been hyping it up. So hopefully that's the case. Hopefully they're not disappointed at all. But we are obviously, irrespective of what anyone else thinks, where uh, William and I are both happy to have you on this show today and just talk bulls. You're always behind the behind the camera making. Know, pressing the buttons, making the show and operation sort of working in the in, in, in the background there. But um, you've got some good takes, young sir. So it, it made sense to get you on and and to have this conversation today. We're going to be obviously talking about the Bulls and just maybe taking a bit of a snapshot as to where things sit after fourteen games and particularly generally after losses for whatever reason. I mean, I, I, I was going to say it's this fan base, but maybe it's just fan bases more generally. People, I guess jump off the ledge at this point particularly when you get smashed by the Denver Nuggets team so it's just interesting to take I guess a day or be a, a day or so removed from that real bad beating to the Nuggets and I just wanted to talk more generally about where things sit with the Bulls in particular their, their three main guys Levine, DeRozan, birch how that all is functioning through 14 games we also want to talk about Billy Donovan because that is seemingly a conversation that is gaining momentum particularly after losses and I mean you only have to tune into our last show post-game after that Nuggets loss where the comments was going, or comments from people on on there, comments on Twitter, whatever it might be, forums, Reddit, whatever the situation is. I'll, I'll, people are quick to blame Billy Donovan, so we wanted to discuss that in more detail. And I guess I wanted to also close just in terms of talking about maybe if that anger should be directed elsewhere. So that, that's the rundown of the show today. But maybe, Will, we can start with... Where things sit with the Bulls' big three, if we even can refer to them as a big three, but nonetheless, Levine, Derozan, Vooch through fourteen games, the return isn't great. To be fair, it wasn't overwhelming last season either, but uh, through fourteen games this season, it's um really really bad. So uh, I mean, where do you where do you see this at the moment sitting between Levine, Derozan, Vooch? this this threesome and the fact that you know we love to talk about continuity. Um, how is this all factoring uh, t- together after 14 games?
1: So I pulled up the, uh, the per 100 numbers because I was curious about this. I know, like the the narrative has been all oh, the the bulls get off to these slow starts and they're digging themselves out of holes, and then oh, in the clutch time this year they've been so bad they can't win these close games the way they did last year. And so, and I should have looked up what the numbers were last year. Oh, I guess you have it here, Mark. You're so, you're so good at this. You're just so well organized. But so this year. The, the big three of Levine, Duros and Vooch minus 11 and a half per 100 possessions this year. That is atrocious. I mean, that's like bottom three in the league kind of numbers. They were a slight negative last year, minus 0.5. Um, so uh, 11 points per, per 100 possessions worse than last year. And it's kind of crazy to me. And, and I spent some time thinking about it today. We talked to Billy Donovan today after practice about it a little bit. And, I think that the takeaway and I'm curious to to hear Joey what you have to say about it is like they had this whole identity shift over the offseason trying to like trying to not rely so heavily on Demar to bail them out on every single possession. So what did they do? They added a bunch of transition, they're trying to move the ball more in the half court. I think they're like number 2 in the league in passes per game. which is kind of a silly number, but like they were 25th last year. So there's, there's a big gap in style of play I don't think the it's really reflected in the types of shots they're getting like their shot profile is very similar but it seems like they're still trying to adjust to that whereas you know maybe the second unit with Dragic and Derek Jones and Javante and all these guys that love to run are really thriving in that sort of environment so to me you know it's I guess it's a little weird that you you bring up continuity that this whole plan was to keep these guys in place because in theory they're supposed to be better now that they've spent a year together, but in a lot of ways they're worse, but I don't know. I don't know, Joey, what do, what do you think about it?
2: Um, Yeah, it's definitely concerning. Um, it's definitely concerning. Uh, you know, I try not to jump too far in on the Levine stuff just because, you know, keep in mind that he's still clearly ramping up from an injury that is also so concerning, but, you know, I don't know from an outside perspective, like I, I think Vooch has been, has been better this year and is playing, playing in a way that should hypothetically complement the other two a lot better. He's up, he's like shooting 39% from downtown last year. Obviously it was a massive struggle from him, this, from him last year. Um DeMar is on pace to have his worst scoring month, you know, this, this uh, as a bull, And I don't think anybody should be like massively surprised that he took a slight step back. He's still incredibly efficient, but, I I don't know. I just, I just think uh, they're, they're just, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. Keep going.
0: No, no. I mean, it's, it's a fair point. Like it's, it's hard to discern what is the issue. And and I've kind of been wondering, like, is it even these three that are the issue? Like it's very easy just to pull three man lineup data and um, you know, try to figure out what the issue is, but there is more noise. Like, when you break down lineup data, like the further you go from five-man to four-man to three-man, it gets more noisy because obviously in three-man lineup data, those two other guys are obviously very critical in terms of who helps make up those numbers. So in that sense, you know, I, I'm, I guess I'm just wondering more generally, like is it a product of what Levine, DeRozan, and Vooch are or maybe more importantly what they aren't doing or is it the guys next to them? And that's kind of what I, I go back and forth on. And the, the lineup that features, uh, the, or the most possessions at least, of, of Levine, DeRozan, and Vooch is, is, is obviously the starting lineup with, with Io and Pat Williams. They've played almost 250 possessions okay. together. That four, uh, five-man unit is minus 4.4 in terms of, you know, just a point differential in terms of net rating uh, in that regard. So, like, the starting unit clearly has problems. That's not new to us because, as we've seen before and as we discussed on the show, for whatever reason the starting unit is slow to get out of the gates they're they're a bit lethargic at times as we saw against the Nuggets they've allowed teams to to get on three point barrages of sorts so it kind of makes sense that the numbers would trend out that way but more generally like just all combinations with these three haven't really worked beyond maybe uh, the Io Caruso and that big three lineup which is the only real one I guess that's played um, any sort of meaningful minutes together they're they're plus 3.4 in that sense so I guess I'm just wondering if the the guys next to them, like Pat and Io, like if that is the right combination next to those guys. And, and and maybe it's just more glaring after the Nuggets game where you look at their starting lineup and how perfect Aaron Gordon and KCP are next to Murray, MPJ, and obviously Jokic. I, I guess I just wonder if like Io and Patrick Williams are the perfect guys to be putting next to DeRozan. Uh, Levine and Vucevic, and if they are the ones that that are best placed to sort of extract the the best out of those three and, and vice versa so I, I guess that's where my brain goes at the moment but maybe to your point Joey like it's just really hard to ascertain like what is actually the problem if there is a problem at all well maybe this is just small sample size stuff
2: yeah Mark <clears throat> I think it's easy when you know there's a lot of people calling for Drogic to be in the starting lineup it, it makes sense but at the same time, like you look at Drogic's numbers, like he's shooting forty-seven percent from three. Um, you know, he his defensive rating is actually a lot better than IO's right now. Granted, some of that's probably because of you know you got to factor in the context that IO's you know drawing a, a much t- a tougher matchup generally. Yeah. I, I just I, I just uh, I don't know how much of that is sustainable. I I, I think. Uh, I'm not sure that that's the right spark because I think that Io has played well relatively. I think that he's still a good fit next to these guys, and and obviously they're lack they're missing Lonzo right now, and that's another part of the story. But I'm not sure that plugging Dragic in just solves all these issues, and then I think it gives you a big uh, you know another issue where you're lacking a you know guy to lead the second unit.
1: Absolutely. I think you, uh, you're you missing the low-hanging fruit, Joey, which is that Mark is just trying to get Patrick Williams out of that starting lineup.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if – I was, I was <laughs> it's funny you say that because I was doing my damnedest there to make sure I didn't name him or suggest that this should be the case. But it's interesting that you inferred that, and I'm not suggesting that should happen. <laughs> if there was a change to be made. That would be the one change I'd be making. But well, yeah, it's just I funny think, we like, haven't talked about. I'm it not sure about that he's, one he's either. I'm not feeling better lately, either. so I'm not suggesting it should be something that should happen. But it, it's just an interesting one. Like for whatever reason, like again, I'm just inferring that it, is it the other guys that are with these guys? Maybe maybe they're not the problem. Maybe maybe it's just this combination, this three man unit. Like we talked about, the larger sample last season, they weren't overwhelmingly great last season as a three man combo. Um, again, the, the caveat is obviously you, who are the two guys that play with them. but um, I don't know. I'm just sort of wondering or trying to come up with a, a reasoning as to why it's so, so bad. Minus 11 and a half is a noted like That's just incredibly bad.
1: Yeah, and I, I like, to your point, Joey, I, I don't think that taking IO for Dragic is, like, gonna solve probably any of the, the problems there. Like, the reason why that second unit works so well is because Dragic has the ball and he's running up and down and he's you know, operating a pick and roll and throwing lobs to Drummond and Derek Jones and Javante and stuff like that. Like, he's not going to be at his best in a position to succeed where he's got to either move off the ball to accommodate, you know, Zach and Damar or, uh, you know, he's taking the ball away from those guys. So I don't, I don't really think like point guard is really the spot there. I mean, you could talk about maybe Caruso for Io or Caruso for Pat. I think that's a lineup that has a little bit more potential for me um, just looking at some of the, the lineup numbers here, uh, Caruso, IO, Zach, Damar, in 45 possessions is plus 3.4. I mean, that's a lot better, but I kind of am leaning towards what you were just saying, Mark, in terms of, is there something just fundamentally wrong with that trio right now? Because you look at most of these lineups, they're all pretty negative. I mean, Caruso, uh, Levine, DeRozan, Patrick, Vooch minus 21 and a half, uh, I O Zach Javante and Vooch minus ninety one point two and thirty possessions. Uh, so I, I just think that there's something fundamentally wrong with those three right now. And I and where I where I sort of net out on it is that they're just in this in this phase where um, they're trying to figure out an identity and they're trying to play like last year. Essentially, they defaulted into this version of themselves that they had to right because everybody was missing. And basically the best shot you were going to get on any given possession was a DeMar elbow jumper. Right. So they had to just devolve into that. I think that's also sort of the way that DeMar operates best. I think, uh, you know, Vooch struggled, obviously staying in the corner, but I think they've kind of unlocked some of what he can do. Um, Zach, I think is just still coming back, but right now they're just trying to be somebody, something that they didn't have to be last year. And I think it's just going to take time to figure that out. Now, whether they do, whether they're able to sort of develop success in this style of play, I think is the bigger question. But right now, I'm not putting too many, too much weight on the fact that it hasn't clicked through. What is it, 12 or 14 games?
0: Yeah, and look, coming back to my earlier point about, um, you know, maybe having 24, 48 hours to think things over and not be in the moment after a bad, bad loss, like the Nuggets game was. There's, there's no justification for that being a good loss at all like we could maybe make against like the sixers or whatever whatever previous games that occurred yeah that, me, was, you know, that was that
1: really. was a
0: bad loss yeah that was that, that was perfect they, they were terrible on defense they gave up 140 124 defensive rating to the nuggets their offense was like 94 I was scoring 94 offensive rating which is terrible as well so like they were just shocking on both sides of the ball but I guess my point is like if I just take a step back and now I've had some time to think it I think things over obviously the Bulls are six and eight We'd rather than have a winning record, but at the same time, like even if things aren't clicking right now with this three-man unit, like I don't know, like the Bulls rank seventeenth at the moment in point differential, which is essentially mid-pack. It's reflective of a team that's going to be, or generally reflective of a team that has or concludes a season with a five hundred record, which generally puts teams in like, that playing range. Which again, if we take a step back, like the Bulls being at 500 in that playing range. Like, that was a likely outcome for the season anyway. So I guess even with Vuj, Rose and Levine, that combination not necessarily working just yet for all the reasons you noted. Will like, at the same time, holistically, and largely because the bench has been so awesome. Like, the net product is. The Bulls are kind of where I think most of us expected them to be anyway. So I just wonder if we as a fan base are overacting more, more generally. I mean, Joey, you see that in the comments every single night when we're doing... Uh, you know, post game shows in particular, but like in your opinion, like are we as a fan base kind of overacting to these things on a game by game basis? And do we just maybe need to take a chill pill and maybe just relax for a little bit and see how things uh, evolve over the next couple of weeks?
2: Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's funny. Like you said, like they're winning in a different way than I think a lot of people expected them or, or coming close to winning in a way like, you know, the bench has actually been the strength of the team, which I think, was was like you said in the comments the one thing that people were complaining about all offseason. Drag, drag Dragic was Dragic and Drummond was was the punchline of the offseason for Bulls fans mm-hmm. and now you mm-hmm. know it's been the saving grace of this team. So yeah. it's ironic but yeah, I mean there's definitely some of that. It's important to keep in mind that Zach is still ramping up from his injury. Like I think that surprised a lot of people because it really came out of left field that he was going to miss the first two games of the season. I don't think people realize, you know, the severity of his injury last season. Um, and so I, I think people are still not fully understanding, uh, that he, he needs time to get back to where he was. I think, you know, they've talked about on the show a bunch of times that he just, he doesn't look the same. He doesn't have that same burst, um, going to the rim. And so, you know, he's had a couple of really good game shooting, uh, threes behind the arc, but it's just, it's not. Yeah. uh, Sorry. That's totally off topic, but, um, I I think we got to slow the pace a little bit and, it's early in the season. The defense like we talked about is actually much better than I, than I thought it was going to be, than a lot of people thought it was going to be. Um and we've seen this team battle before. Um they still they don't have Lonzo, they don't have Kobe, so let's give it a little bit of time before we before we sound the alarm. We've seen we've seen much worse not so long ago, so keep that in
1: mind. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. Um and it brings up sort of this uh, reaction I had to listening to, I think it was a dunked on podcast maybe. But anyway, they were talking about like uh, some team and like underperforming me was the wolves or something. And they were like, well, you know, it's been 10 or however many games. And if they, they've been disappointing, but like, if they're, if they continue to play like this for another five games, then I'll start to buy it. And it's like, you know, even just looking at the bulls last year, they were not, they did not finish the season who they were at any point during the first 60 games, right? Like they were a completely different team. You look at the Celtics, they were 24, 23 and 24 on January 1st. And then they go on a stretch where they had literally the greatest defense of all time. They went to the finals. Like, it's not just like a a five game sample, like at any point something can click and change the identity of the team. Maybe that's Alonzo coming back. I'm not going to bank on it just because, There's still way more uncertainty there, but I do think they are trying to tread water during this first half of the season where games are difficult and they've got a tough stretch here in the schedule and not everybody's healthy. Um, And then hopefully at some point they can find their stride and be playing their best basketball heading into the playoffs. But yeah, to me, this idea that like a team is who they is, is who they are after, you know, 10 or 15 games, To start the season I think it's just like not a representative sample
0: completely agree I mean last season uh after 15 14 or 15 games Bulls were top five in defensive rating after 41 games mostly with Lonzo in the lineup he played 35 of those 41 games the Bulls were 17th in defensive rating Um, at the end of the season obviously a large part of that was without Lonzo they fell to bottom 10 so your point is well taken that teams evolve over the course of the year for a, de- a number of different factors like whether it's just play style whether it's injuries whatever it might be like things change um there's still a lot of the season obviously to to go and well, we'll obviously we'll just evaluate it's it's interesting at the mo- and right now things have as joey sort of said like the, the defense has been much better than what we expected they've been much closer in games against good good uh, good opponents, uh, notwithstanding the losses to the Nuggets and the Cowboys. But more generally, they've been better in that regard, which has obviously been very different to last season. So, yeah, it's interesting. But uh, look, we'll, we'll continue the conversation. We'll, we'll um, I want to talk about Billy Donovan next. But before we do so, William, can you tell our friends about ComEd?
1: I can, and I would love to, because uh, I just rented an apartment. I just signed a lease. And so I was trying to get my energy turned on and all that stuff. And I went to ComEd and it's been great so far. So ComEd is an energy efficiency program and they're committed to helping families and businesses in the community to save money and energy. They offer free facility assessments that can help find energy saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC, commercial kitchen equipment or industrial processes. Uh, Each recommendation will include estimated energy saving, cost saving, projected cost, potential incentives, and a simple playback. So do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy-saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's comed.com slash poweringbiz. Or you can call them at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a ComEd energy efficiency program representative or email businessee at comed.com
0: to request an assessment online. The thing I love about the Comet is they're there to save you money, but I love the fact that DraftKings are here to make us money. So Joseph can oh, you tell the fans the listeners about our friends at DraftKings?
2: Yes, NBA fans, the wait is over, basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any 512345. Shout up Big Dave. Dollar NBA money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. I would know. Do it every time the Bulls play. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, place a stepped up same game parlay today. The payouts bigger than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. It really is. Um, Bulls have the pelicans coming up we you know we just went on this ride a couple nights ago we're back um thinking about what i like uh i i you know i like to throw in the in the stepped up same game parlays i like to throw a patrick williams block in there um because it, it you had uh, a you had patrick you williams you had patrick williams first
1: basket play. going for a while
2: that's that's another one i like um if you really want to get you know if you want to get frisky with it I do, I'm a believer that I believe teams all across the league. I think they like to feed the big guy early, you know, establish it. There's nobody That's wants true. to force up a bad jumper. So I like, I like getting, and sometimes you'll get good odds on Patrick or Vooch. And and especially when Patrick was down, the Bulls like to, you know, I think Billy was like, you know, let's go to him early. Let's get him going. Patrick was plus, you know, 950. Love that. Love that Bulls Nation. DraftKings. It's
1: just, it's just good value.
0: Ooh, I wonder what um, I wonder what DraftKings will have the the Pelicans as offensive rebounding tomorrow. If they if you can get a, a good rate at plus ten in terms of offensive rebounds, then um, I would be laying some coin onto that one. Not that I'm a not that I'm a gambling expert. Not that I'm forecasting that um, you get good odds on that. But that that, that would be one I'd be keeping my eye on for sure. If
1: it were me, I would be looking at Jonas Valanciunas combined points and rebounds because that dude destroyed Vooch in the last game.
2: Whatever that number, number is, don't, I
1: don't have it in front of me, but that guy just I just, just want to say Vooch. one more
2: thing, and that is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Make any $5 bet this week. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Patrick Williams first basket. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply.
1: We just got one, so steals. derailed in the middle of an ad. Thank you for keeping us on track, Joey. <laughs>
0: I I I I wonder what the odds are about um, people getting angry about Billy Donovan tomorrow. Maybe, I guess, if there's a win that won't necessarily be the case and hopefully that is the case, but um, in the event that the Bulls are unable to beat the Pelicans tomorrow, I could imagine the uh, the odds on the fan base calling for Billy Donovan's jobs will be, uh, well, the odds on that will be quite low because that's going to be happening in full force. So maybe we can talk about Billy Donovan right here because this is a topic that if I'm being honest, boys, it shoots me to tears. But I wanted to discuss it today because <laughs> um, it just it just bothers me. It really, really annoys me for a number of reasons, which I maybe we'll get into today. But if I can keep my cool and composure, but nonetheless, it's seemingly a case. Billy got Donovan becoming the scapegoat this season was one of the easiest, most predictable storylines that I, that I think you know Will and I even talked about in terms of our. Previous I think we talked story.
1: about like an over under of how many games before. <laughs> People start turning on Billy, and the answer was you can count him on one hand.
0: Yeah, well, we're we're here already. We're fourteen games through, but people have been talking about it beforehand, nonetheless. But I guess I just wanted to talk to you, talk through it with you guys, um, and I guess just I'm very biased in this sense, I really like Billy Donovan. I'm not I'm not suggesting that he's a top five coach. Maybe he's not even a top ten coach. I'm not sitting here saying he's the second coming of uh, Phil Jackson or anything, but he's he's a good, competent coach. And I just, it boggles my mind that this fan base who went through Fred Hoiberg and Jim Boylan as coaches are now turning on Billy Donovan and telling me that this guy is a bad coach. I just don't understand how people have such short memories. But nonetheless, like I said, I am biased because I really appreciate Billy Donovan, but I am wondering, maybe I am too biased. Is there any validity, I suppose, to the notion that, Billy is a worthy, uh, you know, candidate for being a scapegoat this season. But we talked about the Bulls being six and eight. The fact that the offense more generally um, from an offensive rating point of view is bottom 10. It's almost bottom five. We talked about Levine, DeRozan, Vuc, like that combination not working. Why is that the case? Should, Should a good coach be able to extract something more out of those three guys? So, like, I guess maybe there is some validity to it. Maybe there's not. I don't know. But I thought I'd ask you guys. William, what are your thoughts?
1: I'm sorry, I'm going to kick it to Joey. I want to hear what his thoughts are.
0: Fair don't know.
2: Uh, thank you, William. Um, you know, I, I think some of it is is definitely a little overblown at this point, as is everything, because it's early. But, I mean, uh, the criticism is definitely warranted at times. I think there's been some puzzling rotational decisions. I know you and, you and Big Dave definitely degre- disagreed, Mark, on uh, – I don't remember which game that was, but leaving Caruso in down the stretch. Which game was
0: that? I think it might have been the last Pelicans game because Billy had uh, Caruso and Dragic on to close the game and people were raging about, and not just Dave, but online in my mentions specifically that I'm I'm referring to, like why was Pat not on? Um, Why was Pat not on to challenge Brandon Ingram or Zion or whoever the situation was? So like that that was one example where this conversation really amplified. But even before then, obviously, people have been talking about it. But yeah, just lo and behold, it was against the Pelicans and we might hear it again uh, in 24 hours time.
2: I think I think it's I mean, you got especially with the defensive statistics, you can't you gotta take some of it with a grin of salt, especially this early. But I think it's it's really encouraging what Billy has done early with this defense because that 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 if you look at the roster, that should be a weakness of the team. And so and so the fact that but a lot of the time it's just, you know, how bad do you want to compete for it? And then the you know, Levine can be a good defender. They have guys that have the frame to be good defenders. They, you know we've seen guys struggle. Pat is still young. I was still young. I think Billy has done a good job bringing those, the defense along because it definitely needed improvement from last year. I do. The the, the thing that bothers me uh, about Billy is the, and you guys have talked about it, you know, uh, so much, but it just the, the approach where, you know, being bottom two in the league and three pointers attempted to me is just, it's just not acceptable. They're just, They're, and they're top two in 15 to 19 footers. They're living in, you know, analytically, that's, they're, they're just, they're shooting themselves in the foot every single night. And it's frustrating to watch them continue to do this. And I think last year you saw early they had success and it's just statistically, it's, it was an anomaly and they'll have success and they'll get hot, but it's just not a recipe for winning consistently and winning against good teams. And there's a lot of good teams now. And, Um, you know, it's frustrating.
1: I want to save that, uh, earmark that comment about the three-pointers because I want to talk about that later. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I think what you're saying about the defense is especially on point because if you told me that this team was going to be seventh in defense 14 games into the season, I would have laughed in your face. They are competing at a much higher level than I thought they were especially when you look at where they were last year, the fact that they have any groups that are really good defensively getting out in transition and using, you know, that sort of style of play to get out and score easier points, I, I think is really impressive. Um, it was my thought that you do sort of credit the coach for those kinds of things. We talked to Billy about it today at practice. And what he said was actually really funny because the he said, you know, if you ask a player that they'll say, well, we got to work on the defense, but we're not worried about the offense, the offense will come along. Um, Which was funny, because right before that, we had talked to DeMar, and he said exactly that, that we're not worried about the offense, the offense will come along. But that defense was something that they really need to buckle down on. For Billy, it was the opposite. He was saying, you know, you come down, and there are certain assignments that you just you have to do. There's only so many ways that you can defend a pick and roll. If you're the low man, you got to help. If you're Uh, if you're dropping, you have to X out, like there's only so many different roles that you can have uh, as a defense and what the bulls are doing this year differently. I think is just a a better attention to detail, better communication. Um, But for him, it was like, they need to have more creativity offensively. They need to continue to work on some of these like foundational pillars that they were working on early in training camp and you know, I don't think he like blames himself for that, but he understands that that's something that he needs to coach. That it's there's a level of like, no, I can't be out there playing for you. I can't like slap my hands on the ground and and convince you guys to to play with more energy, but putting them in a better position to succeed. And I say all this to say that, um, you know, you mentioned Boylan and Hoyberg. Like, a big part of the head coach's job is to be. The front facing spokesperson of the Chicago Bulls. If you ask uh, about Alonzo Ball injury update or Kobe White injury update, you ask Billy and he gives you the answer. You don't like get that information through PR or through Arturis. Like he's the one that is supposed to supply that information to the media. And then obviously it gets disseminated through them. Uh, he is such a good spokesperson. He's such a good, uh, just like front facing figurehead of of an organization i think if you look at that in contrast to some of the the more recent head coaches it's it's just i think you can't take that part for granted he's he's a players coach the players um buy into the system he caters to what they want to do and i just i i think and maybe this would be a good transition point but i really think the the problems with this team are not at all billy's fault
0: Definitely, definitely, and I, I completely agree. And look, like as we sort of spoken in that first segment before, like they're going through some massive changes offensively, and and this is something that Billy and the team were generally talked about in the off season. Like that's where changes need to happen because as we saw in the playoffs last year, they were very Damar centric, and even beyond the playoffs, the last twenty or thirty games, like they were very Damar centric, had no shooting, very easy to defend against. They had to do something differently on offense to to make this more sustainable and maybe. Reach that next round in the playoffs, as, as uh, AK has sort of alluded to the fact that that is the goal this season. So they're testing and trying different things on offense, as you noted before, Will, which is maybe why the Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic combination, for the, for the time being, at least in that starting unit, is not favorable. What is, I guess, replicable over the first 14, 15 games, as we've seen, or at least to build on, is the defense and whilst the offense itself is a working product, so far, thus far, in terms of the defense, like, they're they're sixth in in defense per cleaning the glass right now. So, like, that is pretty damn impressive considering there's no Lonzo Balls. So, I wouldn't actually talk about that and the fact that no one gives Billy credit for the fact that the Bulls have done I think for the most part, a pretty damn good job in mitigating the loss of Lonzo Ball. And people were concerned about the Bulls' defense without Lonzo. They're concerned about the Bulls getting out into transition. They were concerned about the three-point attempt rate, like that fact that without Lonzo, how are you going to get up all these threes? And, you know, to compare that, I, I've got some numbers here. Like with Lonzo, like the, through the 30, uh, first 41 games of last season where Lonzo played 35 games, the Bulls were actually 17th in defensive rating over that 41-game sample. As I just mentioned here, through 14 games, the Bulls are 6th in defensive rating or 6th in defense. Transition frequency last season with Lonzo, 15th. They're 12th at the moment. 3-point attempt rate with Lonzo last season. They're 29th. This was a bad 3-point shooting team even when Lonzo was playing. Obviously, they were much worse when he was out. They were down at 30th, but thus far this season, they're at 28th. So we've seen... The Bulls done it. Uh, do a pretty good job without Lonzo thus far, and that's because you know Ios taken a step this season. Goran Dragic has been fantastic as the backup point guard. Caruso, if it's not, if if I think Goran Dragic is the the leader in terms of plus minus in terms of the Bulls at the moment, but right behind him is Alex Caruso, who even when he can't buy a bucket, he's, he's providing this team a lot of a lot of value, uh, particularly defensively. So. I guess like we're quick to blame Billy for what he's not doing, or what the team isn't doing, but we're not we're not very good at assigning I guess praise for the thing that, that his team is doing, which is defense and the way they've been able to overcome the loss of Lonzo. So I, I just wanted to call that up because, like I said, it's very easy to make this guy the scapegoat. It's very easy to point out the things that um, the Bulls aren't doing well and assuming that uh, for whatever reason that's that's on Billy. And I, I guess one of the things that people are quick to, to point out on Billy, like beyond player. Uh, beyond rotation is like the fact that the coach is responsible for how these players come out and play and like against the nuggets there was no energy very lethargic disorganized disinterested joey like is that something that we should be blaming billy on or is at some point do we have to give some accountability on guys like demar levine vooch everyone else on the roster like where where do you sit on that particular one is that is that on the coach or is that on the players
2: right i mean i mean it's a shared responsibility but like you said billy's not like he's not on the floor slapping his hands you know the players have to get up they've got to be ready um and i think it's definitely particularly concerning they had three days rest before last night's uh two nights ago loss, and so I, i i i don't think that's billy's fault but but at the same time i don't think that's happening with the best coaches in the league i don't i don't think you're having nights where you're coming off three days rest and you're uh you're having a, you know, you're blowing chunks in front of the home crowd like that. And so I I really do. It's a cop-out answer, but I think it's a, it's a shared responsibility for both. I like the fact that you bring up DeMar and Zach, especially because it's their team. And I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, there's definitely responsibility on those guys to, you know, and I think it's especially important as the Bulls continue to set this culture. And I don't want to say a name that, you know, Matt and Dave would get mad at me about saying, but you know, there's su- there's such a, stink over this franchise that they're continuing to to get up to get to you know wash away and i think it's important that you know the leaders on this team especially from within the players are you know accountable after after a loss like that
0: so will i mean like this topic was sort of broached that um today at practice and those sorts of things like i mean where does billy stand on this i'm, I'm assuming he's going to be the good soldier and take on some of this responsibility i, I don't necessarily think that's true because to me like that should be entirely almost on the players like if you need a, a coach to fire up to to get you going against a good rival against the nuggets like that's that's problematic and that to me says more about the players than it does the coach but i mean what, what are the players what, what did billy say about this topic more generally i mean basically his
1: view is like you just have to it's kind of what Joe was saying. Like, you just have to find a way to help your team succeed by any means necessary and so you can't like just go out there and say, well, I put together a game plan and they just didn't execute. Or we, you know, had the right strategy here, but the guys just weren't trying hard enough. Like, I-, I do think that there is some responsibility on the coach for that. But I think Billy takes that really seriously. Like, his whole his whole agenda is, like, we have to be able to go through and overcome adversity. Otherwise, like, you're just never going to grow. You're never going to understand what it means to improve because, you know, if you win, if you go out there and just win every game, are you, you're not getting better. You're just winning the games in front of you. Um, and so, you know, he said, like, what I can control is choices. Um, and, and I think, you know, you, you give guys choices. You try to put them in a position to succeed. I, I personally feel like at a certain point, like, the guys just have to go out there and play to a certain level. Um, and I'm not sure, like, it's necessarily fair to... Criticize Billy or even you know all the players for that. Like there are days when I show up to the studio and I'm just not really feeling like podcasting, or I'm just not on my A game at you know some interview. Like these guys are paid a lot of money, but like doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be perfect every night. And uh, you know they're certainly not a team where you know they're they're competing at like a 2015 16 Warriors level where they actually are you know playing for perfection. And it just comes back to this idea that they're trying to get to the point where they're playing their best basketball at the end of the season and not at the start. And I think sometimes you got to go through this stuff and the way they're handling it early on in this year is so much better than the way that they were handling it the last 23 games of last season. So to me, it's like, yes, they're six and eight. Yes. The numbers aren't great. Uh, but they've had 12 out of 14 games that were very competitive, uh, They haven't necessarily come through in the clutch the way that we'd want, but they haven't like embarrassed themselves with the exception of Cavs game and the other night to the Nuggets. But I think to your point, Mark, that the idea of like looking for a scapegoat and just finding one in the coach is it's very easy thing to do, Um, but you never really credit the coach when when good things happen, I think. I agree with you like he's not a top five or probably top 10 coach but like he's very solid and I think that's that's a huge step up for for what the Bulls where they are and what they need
0: yeah look that's generally more true about the Bulls as well like the Bulls are not a top five team they might not even be a top 10 team in the league but they are very solid so in that way I guess Billy is reflective of this organization more generally and sometimes we lose sight of the evolution that this team is trying to go through this franchise that is trying to go through joey mentioned it before like where things were and how about you know how we're trying to re-establish the bulls as a as a culture as a brand as a team and this was kind of the the frustrating part of listening to the low posts of the other week where they were tro- confused as to what this team is trying to do right now like they're, they're trying to rebuild what had been torn down for years and years and years and, and for that reason the that's why I love Billy because he's just given this team, this organization, organization some legitimacy at um, at head coach. But nonetheless, I mean, I don't know about you. Like you mentioned there, you don't bring your A game all the time. But I, from my perspective, I think I'm. You know, in terms of my plus minus, I'm bringing it every single podcast. So uh, William, Joey, on, when, when you're on the that's mic just, with me, just not you need true. to be. Oh, are you serious? I'm. I'm I 100% amazing.
2: agree. I 100 percent agree. <laughs>
0: No, nah, I'm just talking shit now. I, I why, why don't know I why I big up myself like that anyways. But look, I just wanted to give Billy some love um, because everyone is quick to blame him. I think it's ridiculous. It's something that I always have to hold back on. It's like I'm, I've always had this urge to yell at people when they blame Billy. But um, yeah, it is what it is. But let's move on. Let's keep this show rolling. Can we do some more ad reads? I think we should. I want to tell everyone listening about our friends. At game time, surely by this point, people know who Game Time is. But if you don't, they are the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals or tickets to sports, concerts, and live shows. William, have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? Maybe at the 50-yard line, maybe at courtside, perhaps even behind the home plate. Have you ever thought about that, Will? All the time. Joey, have you ever thought about being on floor seats at a concert? Wow, does that sound amazing, Mark? It does. It does. It's so amazing. All of that is possible on the Game Time app. I just wanted to let you know that that you can get all of that on the app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on seats you never thought you could ever possibly buy. You won't find a better deal this season when you go want to go and watch a Bulls game. You've got to use the Game Time app. I don't know about you listeners, but um, maybe you don't know this already, but I'm heading over to the US in March, and when I do, I'm going to be jumping on that Game Time app. I'm going to be looking for, for you know amazing seats at these Bulls games. I want to see the Bulls in person. I'm going straight to the game time app. And more, more, more importantly, I'm going to be using the promo code that we have on offer today. If you love CHGO, and of course you do, then you're going to love game time as well. It's the best way possible to support us here. So buy all your tickets using the link in the description of this episode. It's amazing. If you do so, like I'm going to be doing so, you're going to be joining over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app. So score yourself the best seats by using the Game Time app. We love Game Time. We know you do. We know everyone loves CHTOs. But, William, can you tell our friends listening to this episode how much more they can love CHTO? Yeah, I would love to
1: because uh, CHTO has been awesome for me personally. I think Joey and Mark would say the same. Like, just it's been amazing working here. And, uh, you know, I don't like to really pander for attention or anything like that. But basically, I just wanted to tell you guys about the membership and uh, what joining CHGO as a member means. So um, basically, obviously, you guys get our podcasts, our live shows. Every day we do pre and post game. If you're listening and you've made it this far, you already know what it is. But we also have a ton of premium written content for members. We have uh, a CHGO locker that has a ton of really cool shirts for all of our teams, whether it's bulls, but also, you know, we've got some cool Justin Fields gear. We've got Cubs, socks. you know, every every team up and down the Chicago sports list. Um, and you'll get a free shirt when you become a member. Uh, we, we also have a Discord called the CHGO Lounge where there's a ton of people chatting, um, you know, live during games, talking about free agency and trades and all that fun stuff. And yeah, I mean, it just really helps us out. It helps keep the, keep the lights on and it uh, shows support for something that we're all having a really good time doing. So consider becoming a member at all com. Are you done pandering? Well, I'm done pandering.
2: That was my last pander. Twitter sucks. CHGO discord to the moon.
0: Yes, (laughs) definitely. Come at me. Elon. (laughs) Oh man. If, if Elon ruins Twitter, my home, I'm going to be so disappointed, but, um, I used I mean, to that's, secretly that's...
1: really wish that Elon would buy the bulls and
0: oh no, take
1: the bulls to the moon. But now I really don't wish that. If
2: if Elon tanks Twitter before I get to one thousand followers, <laughs> what where, where, <laughs> what is there the follower count now? Oh, we, uh, let's take a li- live look. Uh, it I was eight
0: oh one. I checked before. You hit
2: eight hundred. Wow. Congratulations! the race to nine hundred wow. begins, and we are as far as can be. <laughs> the race to nine hundred <laughs> begins now. Yep and we couldn't we'll get further, you there, but we'll get you there. As, as Greg Braggs would say, brick by brick.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I mean, uh, we, you're going to have to do some more pandering if you need to get to, uh, to a to 1,000, but we'll, we'll get you there. that we'll really such
1: a ridiculous thing to say, pandering?
0: <laughs> I don't know. No. You said it. I'm running with it now. Yeah. I just like but to uh, shit, as Mark would say. That's it. That's it. That's it. But uh, let, let's move on. Let's talk about – well, I want to. Con- well, I guess it's connected to the, the whole Billy Donovan con- uh, conversation because here we go. the The angst that people have for Billy Donovan, but part of the part of the annoyance that I have in this whole thing is, I just think that the the anger is misplaced. I, I don't necessarily think the anger is wrong. I don't necessarily think people's disappointment with certain things are wrong. But maybe where that anger should be lying, or who should be getting the brunt of that angst. That's what makes me, ironically, very angry about it. So I'm just wondering, like, all the hate, all the annoyance, the anger that maybe Billy is getting. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that should be going towards a tourist kind of show versus mark, Eversley. And when I say I'm wondering, I'm actually saying that is where it definitely should be going. Because people like to bring up, the fact that the offense is stagnant or the fact that this team doesn't have enough shooting or last season that this team didn't have enough defense, it didn't have enough offensive rebounding, it didn't have enough rim protection. And then they ultimately blame the team, they blame the players, they blame Billy Donovan as to why you know this team can't shoot threes or why their offense is the way it is. And Joey, like even before, you started going down that path, that dark, fateful path where you sort of started blaming Billy about the fact that... That um, you know, this team is really bad in terms of three point volume and takes a lot of mid range shots. And I'm glad William pulled you up on that because I was gonna going to to scold you on that on that particular point. But like, I guess my point is like that isn't a coaching thing to me. That's even not on the players. Like they're just being themselves in that instance. This is entirely about roster construction. Right. And Billy ain't putting this roster together. Damar ain't putting this roster together. Maybe maybe virtue is putting some of this roster together given that he is the the great, amazing recruiter that has brought through DeMar DeRoz and Gora Dragic and a few other select players here and there. So maybe virtually uh, deserve it of some blame. But ultimately, this sits on the shoulders of Karnashova. So I'm like, why are we not having more of a conversation? Or why is the general conversation around this, around the fan base more aimed at management and their construction of this roster? Like, if you have a fundamental problem with it being, the Bulls being 6-8, and then being 17th in point differential, like, is that on coaching? Is that on the players or as I'm suggesting, is that more on management? William, yeah. thoughts? I'm or kicking Joey. it again to Joey. Are you? Why are you, why no, are you coming right, to me? Okay.
2: Joey's, right. Joey's
0: a special guest. Joseph, right. sorry, I apologize. Joey, what, know, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I, I, yeah, I waited to bring up roster construction. You're absolutely right. Like roster construction is questionable. And if... If you're, you know, you're the, the captain of this ship, like in terms of blaming, you know, then I'm I'm first mate. I'm right there with you when I'm saying, what exactly <laughs> are we doing here with this, you know, like roster and this team? But I, it, it's hard because I look at it and I'm, this team is unique because they went so quickly from playing for ping pong balls to then this fan base thinking that they were legitimately playing for an NBA, t- like you know, an NBA championship. And that's just, it wasn't realistic, but the way that they, you know, Where do you balance that? Like as a fan, and and it's it's fun to see them win and be better than they have been in previous years. But I look at this roster and the way that they have gotten good with some some veterans. Obviously, Demar has been an unbelievable addition, much better than I think anybody would have would have told you. Even the people that were you know happy about the addition. But I just look at this team and I I just I don't see you know, where they, where they envision themselves, how they envision themselves getting over the hump. I think a big part of it is your boy, Patrick Williams, but it's just concerning. And then, and, and I look at some other teams and and even just like, you know, I look at the magic right now and, and, and you don't think that they're sitting pretty right now. You don't think that they feel pretty good. Obviously some of it is, you know, the luck of the draw, and they they ended with the number one pick, and they they had the stones to take Paolo. It didn't look like they were gonna for a while, and he looks great. But even with that Bulls pick that they dealt away, which was clearly a move to win now at the time, and that's Franz Wagner, and he he looks phenomenal. Like he he would be a cornerstone piece on this franchise, and they would be really heading. They, they just they lack direction, and and it's but for me it's like are you gonna are they gonna go back and and just tear it all down right now it's because because i look at the comments every day like you guys said and i don't know what people want to see because you know we got half the people that that are upset because they're not playing better and and so do they want to see them blow it all up and 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 be even worse for however long it takes i don't know part of that is uh and i think that's a big part of why it's hard to blame billy He, he came into a team that hadn't Done anything in years, and and he's gotten them over the hump, but now people just they want more, and so I, it's very complicated, but that the roster construction is is definitely concerning. The fact that you have Alex Caruso and Io, you know, taking reps at the end of the game guarding Zion is just ridiculous. They don't they don't have anybody they don't have anybody that that measures up to be a legitimate wing defender. Like like Caruso is a legitimate wing defender, but he's not your number one option against. Brandon Ingram who's 6'8 six, 6'9 six, like it just they're not they're six they, four. They are, they're built just they have these fundamental flaws and I think Patrick Williams in theory could solve some of these problems but even when Patrick's playing at their best they they lack wings like Derrick Jones Jr shouldn't be coming in off the bench and having to take big you know take on a big role on defense on some of these guys like it's just it's it's that, that part of it is it has always been concerning to me and and even though you know, Drummond and Drogic were have been phenomenal so far. They don't answer those questions either. You know, yeah. they play That's their own role. Like, oh, Drummond cool. has been great. I want to I want to clarify that.
0: No, no, yeah, I, I think, I, I, think, I, think uh, it's
1: I think you're you're absolutely right, both of you. That like this is, you know, I, I don't, like you have to look up the the rungs of the ladder, right? And uh, for me, yes, AK and Eversley have have not been perfect. Uh, but they've also done some good stuff, right? Like they they went for it. Obviously, I mean, we don't have to like relitigate every single trade that they've made, every single move, but like they've made some signings that worked out a lot better than anybody thought. Dragic and Drummond, chief among them. Uh, Lonzo, you know, is what it is that obviously just hurts with the with the injuries and and that holds you back. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Damar worked out way better. Uh, Vuc, I think is just like, it's a pivotal move that you kind of have to make if you want to get out of the middle. And so all that to say, uh, I think you have to look even above them. And I think it's, it's really ownership. My understanding, I shouldn't say this, like I'm reporting or, or anything like that, but like from what it seems like the mandate from ownership when they hired AK was get as good as you can without going into the tax. And there's only so much you can do as somebody who builds out a roster Uh, when you have those limitations and you know if the mentality is like when you're good enough to compete then we'll go in the tax you're just never going to get there because you can't get good enough to compete without getting at least in that area and so to me it comes from above you know basically like this the same caliber and level of mistakes that billy or that you know some of the players have is is sort of how i view arturis and the way that they've built things but i also think that the the whole plan was to just like get them out of this position of being a laughing stock. And I think by hiring Billy, by bringing in a new roster, that's actually trying to compete by signing good players and bringing in uh, a marquee free agent and having him be the face of a team again, that is like trying to move in the right direction. Like I, and I think this is sort of this idea of the fan base, just going from one extreme to the other, like they're trying to slowly build through the middle. I think they overperformed and it changed expectations, but the plan has has stayed the same for them, which is like steady growth. It doesn't just have to be like Demar is the present and future. It can be Demar is the present. And then, you know, if or when he moves on or retires or whatever it is, like we're now a legitimate team that can go out and do the next thing. But I just don't think fans look at that perspective, which is fair when you start, you know, whatever it was, 39-21, and 21, and you're looking like one of the best teams in the East – and then all of a sudden you finish the season like seven and 20 and you're looking like the worst team. It's like, it's hard to make sense of that. And so uh, I get, I get the extremes, but I think at the end of the day, they're trying to do the exact opposite of that, which is like steadily grow through the middle. And I think that's kind of boring at times, which is why people get so upset.
0: I, I, I certainly think you're right from a macro sense in terms of what ultimately the plan is here over a five, 10 year period or whatever it might be. But in the, in the now and then, I suppose, um, or in the present at least, I think, I guess what I'm getting at is like, I get frustrated at comments like this as an example, like one whereby people will say, oh, why are the ball such an ISO heavy team? Why is, the, why is their offense so stagnant? Why is it so DeMar focused at the end? Well, I mean, why is that Billy? And then, and then the, the next point of that is, why is Billy installing such a system? And my instant rebuttal to that is, well, this is literally the team you've built. Like, it's not on the coaching. Your two best players are ISO dominant guys who like to score in mid-range, who like to pound the ball. That's their first instinct. And just byproduct of that, that's how your team is naturally going to play. Obviously, they're trying to add to that and evolve to that. Uh, And as we sort of discussed before, there's elements that they're trying to introduce into that. But that will always be a core tenant of this team. And it should be because Damar and Zach are freaking good in isolations. They're, they're amongst the, the top five or 10 in terms of scoring in isolation possession. So that should be a function of this team. But if for whatever reason you don't like that, it's not necessarily the, the wrong thing from the coach or even the players. Like that is a roster construction thing. Similarly, with the three point issue, which I mentioned before, like this team is, you know, bottom five in three point attempt rate, not because of the coaches, not because of the players, but just simply because of like this is how the roster was built. Same thing like with Dragic. Like as much as we want to talk about how much of a great signing Dragic is, the fact that Goran Dragic, a guy who's thirty six year old backup point guard on a minimum deal, can be so critical to this team, Uh, and I would hate to think where this team would be without Goran Dragic at this point. Which I guess you give credit to the management for bringing him in, and 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 Dragic obviously himself for delivering on that. Like. It's also kind of problematic that this team is so reliant on a thirty-six-year-old on a backup point guard to be this influential on the team. Like I said, he's leading this team in plus-minus at the moment. So I don't know. I guess my seven percent on is,
1: threes. He's the best three-pointer on the team.
0: Exactly. So I, I guess I guess I'm just saying that maybe not the issues that people are bringing up aren't incorrect, but I'm just wondering if their anger, if their angst, if they are uh, just their general annoyance at these specific topics, if it's just better placed, aimed as somewhere else. And I am sitting here suggesting divert that away from my father, Billy Donovan and take aim at AK. That, that's my general parting message. Is, is that fair or not?
2: Yeah, Mark, that thought of, you know, the Bulls continuing to struggle and, and you know, like you mentioned, the thought of this team without Drogic so far. and And, you know, you factor in this upcoming tough stretch. Like that is a frightening thought. This team bottoming out hard without a first round pick. Like it's, that's, it's, this is, that's just not a place that you want to be with this franchise when you've invested what you have in the, in the past years and you, you know, you just signed Zach Levine to this max deal and you, and which I think is a hundred percent the right move, but you're, that's not what you want to do. It it, it would be a different story if they still had that pick and they said, we're not ready to go for it, but that would be, that would just be a a very bad position to go down. and, And that personally scares the absolute shit out of me. And, you know, if that does happen, Mark, I think you'll have a lot more people in your corner.
0: Well, I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but nonetheless, I'm hoping to recruit those people to my corner regardless. But um, I don't want to do it in the sense if if the Bulls lose a first-round pick in that sense. But uh, William, close us out on this particular topic and the the show more general.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I I think uh, everybody is imperfect up and down the roster, the coaching staff, the front office, but I think... You have to just point up as high as you go that's kind of where i stand on it like yes they have made some mistakes uh i think they were pressured into you know overpaying in some instances for for talent to come in and that's kind of how it goes when you're a franchise that's desperate to get back to relevant and that's kind of what they were and so yeah you you maybe be in some situations they've also uh found a ton of value in certain situations whether it's you know, Caruso for the mid level whether it's IO at 38 or 37 or whatever it was whether it's uh you know Alonzo, even though it was for 35 games i mean he was looking like you know one of the most important players in the league and yes you give Zach a max contract i don't think that you know any of us or you know anybody who really understands like the the way that the league works cap wise would would object to that but like you know demar looked like a huge overpay they got him uh on what is a value deal so i I think that they have not done a good enough job getting shooting. Um, i I am scared for their ability to develop young talent now that they're out so many draft picks and that it seems to be taking so long with patrick and and Kobe and some of these other young guys, obviously the ones that they've already given up on. but to me, the one constant here has been up top, and it's it's hard for me to really point at anywhere anywhere else below that just because I think, you know. When when you've when you're given a certain mandate, you kind of have to you have to t- do what your boss tells you.
0: Well, I mean, we've reached the hour limit. I was wanting to close the podcast here, and I will. But you're segwaying me, you're segueing me into a a, a Reinsdorf rant round here, which is very dangerous of me. Maybe we uh, can is... maybe we can do that next week. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just it's taking all of my will to uh, not go on around here because I know we have got to close. So I won't. But uh, it's fair point point taken. But nonetheless. Whilst AK has certainly made some um, some good value based signings, I think none of them compared to what we've done here today, William, in bringing on young Joey Spathis. Like that. We are what, doing what, an acquisition. what the Bulls
1: have failed to do, which is let the young talent thrive on the job. We need to <laughs> let them play, give them usage that they deserve, and develop them while freeze. also trying to win games. Yep. He shoots yeah.
0: threes. He blocks the rim. He can create off the dribble. This this kid can do it all, and we've got him on a minimum deal. Like a, i
1: would not, but definitely would not trade him
0: for Jeremy Grant at the trade deadline. Let like Joey
1: Cook.
2: <laughs> Let Joey Cook. No, thank you guys. This was great. Ups and downs. You know, I I think I think I get too much credit for you know as Mark Mark calls me the button pusher. There's really not that many buttons back there. It's not not as uh, not as complicated. He's humble too. As
0: well, I, think, I can't see that. I, I'm dialing in via like, uh, you know eZoom or eCam or whatever it is. I, I can't see there's you behind not, this. There's screen. not He's that like,
2: many buttons. There actually, it looks like there are. Will probably thinks there are. There's not. Yeah, there
0: are.
1: There are a <laughs> lot of buttons. Anyway, I'm not sure how many he pushes, but I'm there are sitting a lot. in
2: your guys' seat. This is hard. I mean, like you know, I there's definitely some ups and downs, but I appreciate you guys having me on. I I I uh, I appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, just chopping up with you guys. You guys are are great guys. I'm I'm I just appreciate you guys as friends, Mark. I'm so excited for you to come to chicago well i'm so excited to see you on wednesday because it's been a while <laughs> i know it has been a while only a yeah, couple this, hours but it feels this like was,
0: time.
2: <laughs> this was uh yeah i forgot about that earlier today but uh no this was really awesome thank you guys
0: no well, seriously we'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely do it again mates um uh, but where, where can people follow you i mean we, we mentioned that you're at, at 801 uh followers at this point the race to 900 yes. even a thousand before elon ruins twitter like where where can they get you man
2: it's been a slow and steady climb, but 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 it's exponentially growing. Uh, at Joey Spathis on Twitter, at Joey Spathis, S P A T H I S. Not that good at Twitter stuff yet, but we're getting there.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know who is good at Twitter? It is the the goat, young William Gottlieb. Where can they I'm follow no, follow you? Sir? I'm
1: no I'm no at MK Hoops, but you can follow me <laughs> at Will underscore Gottlieb.
0: Very good. Well, look, I, we've done a lot of pandering on this podcast. I think that's oh uh, the key God. word of this show, but um, nice let's system. call it here. I appreciate you both joining me on this episode of CHGO. Matt and Dave will be back to, later tonight to, um, I guess, have a more conversation as things uh, pr- uh, progress for the Bulls over the uh, over the coming week. William, you'll be in studio as well, I'm sure. Joey behind the, no, we're, behind the we're decks. Off.
1: We're off later today, Tuesday, when you guys are listening mm-hmm. to this, so – our next show will be, uh, I believe, pregame on Wednesday.
0: Pregame on Wednesday. Bulls, Pelicans. So you, you'll catch these two fine gentlemen on that broadcast, as well as, obviously, Big Dave and Matt. Maybe I'll make an appearance. Who knows? We'll see. But nonetheless, thank you, everyone, for tuning in this episode of CHGO. Speak soon, Bulls fans.
2: See you right there. Peace.